are listening to Cold Lake Community Church Podcast. I hope today's message inspires you. Cold Lake Community Church, a place where families come together. Well, good morning, and um, it's really good to be here. I love coming to Cold Lake, always have from the first time we came. It's like coming to a second home, and I really love it. So, um, and it's always a blessing. And this time, I didn't bring my husband. He couldn't come with me, and I was really disappointed because I always go everywhere with him, usually if I can. And I was like, really, you can't come? And he's like, I can't. He had to do a night shift um, yesterday evening. So my daughter agreed to come with me. And I am so glad she did. We've just had an awesome time. It's just been our girls' weekend, and it's been a real blessing for us. So I just pray that um, I can be a blessing to you as much as you've been a blessing to us this past weekend. But happy Mother's Day to all you moms out there. And uh, maybe some of you might say, well, I'm not a mom. Well, you know what? If you're a woman, then you've been a mom of some sort because it's just wired. You're wired that way to nurture. I think... uh, I think all of us have had, a, have had an opportunity, even before we've had children, to sow into someone's life. Because that's just who we are. We need to take care of something. We need to take care of someone or something. That's just how it is. And uh, I just want to wish you a, a good day. So um, I'm just going to get this started here. Um, this could get hilarious this morning, actually, because I am not this tech-savvy person. And I borrowed my husband's iPad and spent so much time doing up this uh, presentation, and he said to me, honey, honey, don't worry about the PowerPoint. And I was like, yeah, but like, we like pictures. Like women, we like pretty things, and I want to make it look nice. And, and then I get here today, and I'm thinking, I probably won't use half of what I've put here because I'm already fired up and ready to go with other things that are stirring within me. So let's just, um, I'm just going to pray real quick. If you don't mind, just give me a minute. And I just need to talk to Jesus. Father, I just thank you for being here today. I thank you for who you are. And I thank you that uh, I can't do anything without you. And I'm so dependent on you. And Lord, I just ask this morning that you would just breathe joy into everyone here today. And God, God, you would open hearts to receive. And Lord, you would just anoint me and give me the right words, Lord. The things that you want people to hear will just will just plant good seeds today. And anything that doesn't need to be said can just fall to the ground. And we ask it in your name. Amen. Well, today is uh, a special day for me in more ways than one. It was 17 years ago this weekend that I brought my baby girl home from the hospital. And I have two children. My son is 18, and he just finished second year university. And then I have my daughter, Rayanne, who is with me today, who just turned 17 this past Wednesday. And uh, would you stand, honey? I just want everyone to know that I actually do have children. And, and, uh, and what I'm going to say today, I didn't read from a book, okay? I just want you to know. And uh, I, um, I'm very blessed. I love being a mom. If there's one gift that I think it is, that would be for me, being a mom. I just love being a mom. I took my son to university this past September and dropped him off in Calgary. And I came home, and I went downstairs. And even on my way there, I was like, 
in the front seat trying to keep it together. And I thought, oh my goodness, like, I'm really, I'm really like dropping my son off to university. And Rayanne was in the back as well. Oh, my watch keeps falling off. That's what I get for buying watches at flea markets, right? <laughs> Anyways, uh, so I dropped my son off and I came back home and I went down to the basement and I just bawled. I bawled my eyes out. Like, I mean, I'm talking like this wasn't just a little cry. This was like a heart-wrenching, like, I've just lost, like, my son was like, he wasn't ever coming back. And my daughter was upstairs, and she said to my husband, she said, Dad, what's wrong with Mom? And Corey goes, it's okay, honey. She's just feeling, she's just sad, you know, Daniel's gone. Dad, don't you think we should go check on her, she said. He's like, no, I think you need to leave her alone. Well, that was just the beginning for me of, like, it was like, he was gone, and I couldn't believe that season of my life of having Daniel at home was over all the time. And I was like, thank you, Jesus, I have ran for two more years. Like, and now that's slipping by. We're into the end of grade 11, and she's got one year left of school. So for me, being a mom has been like one of the most important things in my life. And the thoughts of, like, I've almost been looking, when I see little kids, it's almost like, you know, we could be a Mom, for rent, I could even do that sometimes just for those people who need a break because you've got to be helping someone. It's like inside of me, there's something that says, I need to care for someone, you know? And even though when your kids go, you still care for them, but there's, a, there's something that changes. And um, let me see if I can get this working. Um, swipe. How about you come and show me? <laughs> Let's get this started, dirty. No, no, no. Well, it's not showing on the screen. Oh, yes, it is. Sorry, Ernie. See? Okay. All right. Um, I need to get to where I need to get to. This is what I wanted to show you. So this was 1997 when I brought Ran home from the hospital, and Daniel's sitting on the kitchen table kind of having a look at her. And the next morning, I found him in her crib, sat on her. And that, my friends, was the beginning of life for me with two babies. And it never got any slower, let me tell you. So, you know, for me, yes, I love being a mom, but being a mom was hectic. And you can all relate. I know every one of you can relate. It's not always like, oh, I can't wait to get up in the morning because I just can't wait for a new day because it's going to be so exciting, right? Because every day was different. But I had two different children. How many of you have children with different personalities? Come on. All right? I had Rayanne, who was the calm, just, you know, happy-go-lucky child. And then there was Daniel. Daniel was wired for sound from the moment he stepped into the world. He was ready to go. And he's still like it to this day. We were, in, um, we were in the States last week. Ryan and I went ahead and were there for about five days and uh, before Corey and Daniel joined us. And when Daniel showed up, and we were just enjoying, you know, just vegging by the pool and, you know, we're just doing whatever we wanted kind of thing. And we picked Daniel and Corey up from the airport. And, you know, from the moment he arrived on the airport, it was like, what are we doing now? It was like 11 o'clock at night, and it's like, let's get this party started. And that's exactly how he is. So life was like that for me, always. Daniel was the child that, you know, he would decide in grade four that, you know, he just wanted to go home, and he'd leave school to walk home. 
and, you know, someone would find him walking up the street because the, the teacher hadn't missed him yet. Daniel was the child in Edmonton that, you know, forgot to do it, forgot his project at home and ran home to get it. And the doors all locked in the school. So when he went back, he couldn't get inside. So instead of going around the front of the school to get in where he was supposed to go, he decided he would walk to mom's work in Edmonton, which he didn't know where it was, but he thought he'd leave. Like, I'm telling you, girlfriends, my life with my son was one of much prayer and much patience. And like they, to the point, they sounded the alarm at the school. Like I got a call at work, like they were on lockdown at the school. Uh, they were about to get the police in and we finally found him. And he had just decided to find me and he went to McDonald's, walked across the street to McDonald's, <laughs> got a glass of water and decided to come back to the school. So that's just a couple little stories to give you an idea that what I'm telling you today is not because, you know, life for me was just a picnic every day. For all of us, there's always things we have to deal with. But uh, another thing I wanted to kind of link with you is that without Jesus, I don't know where I would have been over these past 20 years. Because in all honesty, um, it was actually 20 years ago today as well that I gave my heart to the Lord. It was on a Mother's Day um, in a church similar to this one. And I remember sitting the second seat from the back, and it was the, towards the end of the service. And my life was such... Uh, in such turmoil, and I was so unhappy, and I was under so much conviction. I knew, like, hey, life's got to get better than this, and I need, I need something, and I need Jesus. And I remember, like, being a broken young girl and thinking, what have I got to lose? I need to try this. And I remember getting up from my seat, and it was a long aisle. You know, it almost seemed like, I don't know if I'm going to make it down that far, right? But, uh, but you get to a point where it's like, I don't care, I'm going. And from the moment I stood to my feet, something took over me where I just felt things fall off. And I'm like, I don't know what this is going to look like, but whatever it is, it sure feels better than what I was feeling before I came in here. And over this past 20 years, I have not looked back. There is nothing I would rather do than serve Jesus. Has it been always easy? No. But I can guarantee you, without his wisdom and the instruction I've learned through his word, and just through those little nuggets where he just drops thoughts in my heart sometimes when I didn't know what to do with my kids or, or when they were going through the teenage years, there's times I didn't know what to do and I didn't have it all together. But he knew what to tell me. He knew how to guide me. And we all go through things where we think that, you know, I don't know what to do. And we look to the world. We're looking to, through, you know, how to do it books. And everyone's trying to write a book on parenting and whatever. And that's all good. But let me tell you something. There's nothing like going to God and asking him what to do and actually hearing his voice. And you might not hear it audibly, but you hear it in your, in your heart. You'll know in your thoughts because that's how he speaks to us. Some of us don't know. You're like, you hear from God? Wow, you must be really really holy you hear from God. Like people think that, right, when you say that. But it's like he speaks to you in your thoughts, in your heart. He'll drop things that, into your spirit that you didn't think of yourself. And you know you didn't come up with that, right? And you have to know that God's telling you something. And that's how it's been for me. Jesus has been the, the core of our family. And we've had some tough times. 
Things haven't always been easy, have they, Rianne? Like, you know, we went through the tough times. We're still, we'll still have to go through tough times. But you know what? We have God with us, and we've had to pray things through. You know, we went through a season, and I'm, and I'm just quickly going through this to try and touch on things that I think you might need to hear today. But I'm just going to highlight a couple of simple things as quickly as I can because I know time is short. But I want to tell you this. This is one thing I have learned. Live simply. Okay, don't be high maintenance, girls. Like seriously, we don't have time for that because we spend too much time trying to finance things or like we're trying to live a better life or let's get this or let's get that. And I'm telling you this from experience, okay? I'm not telling you this because, oh, you know, what, who does she think she is? I'm telling you this because I spent a lot of the younger years when my kids were younger having to work, you know, trying to pay the bills because you make stupid mistakes, poor choices, and then you have to deal with it because no one taught me when I was younger how to manage money, how to do a budget, simple things in life that you need to be teaching your kids because once they leave home, you got to prepare them for the future because the world's not going to. And nowadays, we're watching kids just spend money like it's water, right? There's no value for a dollar. And if they don't, if you're not teaching them at home how to manage their money, how to have a budget, I mean, that sounds like, well, they're not making enough to budget. Oh, yeah, they are. If they've got 30 bucks, you can teach them how to manage that 30 bucks. We taught them how to tithe from the moment they started getting money at a young age. We taught them, hey, 10% of that, that belongs to God. You can keep the whole 90%, but 10% for sure. And you should give a little more than that to God, but for sure 10% of it is God's. It just became a core value in their lives that, hey, that belongs to Jesus. So it's not a big deal for them now when they go to work and get a job and they're getting a paycheck. It just comes natural that that 10% comes off and goes to God. Right? These are core values that we had to try and teach them. Uh, try to smell, take time to smell the flowers. Seriously, it's time for us to relax. I never knew how to do that. I was a driven personality. I still am to a point. But I never knew how to slow down. I remember taking Rayanne for walks in the park, and she'd want to stop and pick flowers. And I was thinking, oh, we don't have time to stop and pick flowers. Like, do you, do you have to pick flowers now? This is what I was thinking, right? And I remember saying, no, I have to stop. You know, she wants to pick flowers because she loved flowers. And so I would stop. And I remember almost being fidgety as I'm watching her pick flowers. And, okay, okay, we need to go because i got to go to work at 2. But we'll still pick a few flowers, right? But I remember God speaking to me and saying, it's time for you to pick some flowers. Maybe you should smell some flowers, right? Because you have to enjoy the moment. You don't get them back. And once they're gone, they're gone. Like, I'm not going to be taking Rayanne by the hand and walking and picking flowers anymore. I don't think so anyways, Rayanne. But that moment's gone, right? And if you don't capture those moments while you have them, you're going to regret it. Trust me, you will regret it. Um, protect your marriage. I know, I, I decided to incorporate a picture of my, the love of my life. In my, but seriously, protect your marriage. Uh, you know, they're under so much attack. We're all, all our families are under attack. That's just, there's so much out there to, cap, to take our attention. And you know what? You need to protect your marriage. You got to keep that strong because if there's one thing your child needs, it's their family. And you know, you got to take care of it. Communicate. Love each other. Show them that you love each other. 
You know, let them see you hug each other. Let them see you that, let them see you model forgiveness. You know, when you have words with each other and things like that. I mean, we didn't have a perfect family all the time. I remember one morning when we were pastoring in Edmonton, we were getting ready for church and Corey and I were at home and like, come on, who knows Sunday mornings is chaos. I mean, I don't know if your house is like that, but our house was like that. Sunday mornings was like, Everyone's like rushing around, trying to grab breakfast, get in the car, get to church, and then everyone would smile. <laughs> right? Let's just be honest here. Right? How are you today? And inside, like 10 minutes ago, you're ready to just pull your hair out. And so anyway, this is kind of like one of those mornings. And we were just kind of having a few words, Corey and I, because, you know, we're not perfect either. And I can be kind of like a little bit of a short fuse if I'm a little under stress. <laughs> just a little bit. Anyway, Rayanne goes, Rayanne pipes up. She says, Mom, I'm telling Pastor Ron that you and Dad were fighting when we get to church this morning. And I was like, and I looked at her and I said, don't you dare. <laughs> and she said, yes, I am. She said, I'm telling him when you get there. And I said, and then all of a sudden panic struck in, right? And I'm like, don't you offer. Rayanne, if you tell Pastor Ron, Mom and Dad, we're having an argument before we get to church, you're going to be punished. <laughs> and Anyway, that's just, that's just a little snippet of, like, that's real life, right? Anyway, she didn't tell Pastor Ron. I, I probably did, right? But uh, that's just a little something. So protect your marriage and show them that you forgive each other. When things like that happen, let them see that you forget and you forgive and forget. Don't hold grudges. It's not worth it. Um, prepare them for the future, and that's where I was telling you about showing them how to handle money. And also, don't fix everything for them. Don't solve all their problems because the real world doesn't. If you try and solve all their problems, they're not going to have any coping skills when they get out there. You know, I remember when Daniel was in school, he was having a tough time in his early years of junior high, and he wanted to switch schools. And as a mom, you're torn because you're like, I'm taking him out of that school. Oh, I'm so sick of that school. If this keeps happening, I'm ripping him out of there and I'm moving him to another school because, you know, mama bear, right, comes out in us. We just want to rescue our kid. We don't want them going through any tough times. And it's like God spoke to me. He said, hey, listen, you can't do that. You can't do that because what happens when he gets a problem at the next school? Are you going to take him out of that school? How's he going to ever know how to problem solve? How's he ever going to know how to cope with difficult times if you solve it? So he said, like, I felt God say, you teach them how to deal with that problem. And so I, my husband and I would sit and we would discuss things and, and teach them different things. Okay, this is how I want you to handle this. You know, I don't want you to hide away and become a recluse and not do anything. I want you to still be who you are. But you can be who you are and you don't have to be a part of that group. But, and now, uh, let me tell you, our son is a well-rounded individual, has lots of friends. Hey, Rand, like, he's just like the guy that's just the social guy, like, because, but had we rescued him and sent him here and sent him there, who knows what could have happened. You can't solve all their problems. You have to help them, teach them how to solve their own problems. And don't sweat the small stuff. I mean, everyone says that. Remember, as far as everyone knows, we are a nice, normal family. <laughs> you know, that, that's exactly how it is. Remember, we're nice and normal. No one knows exactly what we're like. Uh, oh. 
oh, here's the one I wanted to tell you about. I missed it. Model wisdom. Now, this picture, it was the best I could do. If you'll notice on the table, there's Starbucks drinks. Do you see that? So, um, when about three or four years ago, Starbucks came to Lloydminster. So, we began to go to Starbucks for a specialty drink. Now, I'm not a big coffee drinker, but my husband loves it. So, we would go and I would just have a nice drink. And at this point, we went this day. We would go several times. And then we said, let's take the kids. So we began taking the kids. You know what Starbucks is like. It's kind of got the fireplace, leather couch. It's kind of like this cat classy place to go kind of thing, right? So the kids were like, they were only young teenagers. They were like, this is cool. So then they began wanting to go to Starbucks to have a drink with their friends. And they couldn't afford Starbucks, <laughs> right? And, but they would be doing this. I'm like, you can't afford Starbucks. You can hardly afford Tim Hortons. So you can't go to, t you can't really afford Starbucks. But they were like, oh, no, let's go to Starbucks. It was like the thing to do. And it's like God, like really, it was almost like he said to me, hey, you taught it. And I was like, ugh. Because I was like, really? But seriously, we did. We started getting into habit where we just run to Starbucks. Now, Starbucks should be a treat when it comes to going and paying that kind of money for drinks. Seriously, they're expensive drinks. They're very overpriced, right? I mean, they might be good, but they're overpriced. But my kids began to, to follow in our footsteps. And I had, we had to kind of say, okay, you know what? Starbucks is just a treat. We go there once in a while, but we can't make it habit. Now, of course, it's the funny joke that my daughter actually works at Starbucks, and she's the barista there, so she gets free drinks at work, and it's a totally different story. But that's okay, because she's working there now. But it's like God said, hey, you model wisdom. You want to teach them? Don't show them one thing and tell them another, because they're going to follow in your footsteps. So if you're spending money like water, like it grows on trees, your kids are going to do the same thing. If you're throwing things away because there's no value, they're going to say, oh, broken broken iPhone? Shh, mom, I need a new one. Like, seriously, we were the teachers, right? And this is probably one of my, getting close to my final point, laugh. Laugh lots. And I mean downright laugh lots. Like, I didn't do, I didn't do enough of that, okay? I didn't do enough laughing. I was so serious and everything was so stressful and let's get things done. My son used to say to me, Mom, you always got another project for us. And I'd be like, but things have to get done. But I was so busy working and trying to keep things, all things in order that I didn't take time to just laugh. And we need to. A couple of years ago, I took some time off work, and I was home, and something happened at the supper table. I don't remember quite what it was, but um, I began to laugh. And I laughed a lot. And my son said, Mom, it's so good to hear you laugh, he said. We haven't heard you laugh like that for a long time. And, and I, it kind of hurt me because I thought, oh, that's, you're right. I kind of felt bad. But at the same time, I thought, that's a sad thing that I haven't been laughing much, right? And um, we need to enjoy the journey because life goes way too fast. And as I told you before, here we are. My daughter will soon be graduated as well. Two of my kids will soon be out of my home. And you know what? It went like that. And if you don't capture those moments when you can, you can't go back. There's no rewind tape on life. And every moment counts. 
And it's those talks at the table. It's those times discussing issues at school. It's those times when the kids want to go to that dance and want to go to that party, and you got to talk things out. And you know what? You'll never be able to um, go back. A couple weeks ago, a couple months ago, my husband's cell phone rang, and my son said, hey, Dad, you got a minute? He said, I need to ask you a question. Corey goes, yeah, no problem. And he said, Dad, what would you think if I got a tattoo? Good thing he didn't call me. <laughs> and I said, uh, and, and Corey goes, well, Daniel, number one, he said, you're 18. I can't really tell you what to do. Number two, if you're going to get a tattoo, you better remember you're wearing that for the rest of your life. So, you know, think before you just go get some dumb thing tattooed to your body. And number three, you're really a poor student. You can't afford it. <laughs> and he goes, yeah, good point, Dad. All right, no problem, Dad. See you later. Now, I'm telling you that story because he didn't, Daniel didn't need to call his dad. He is 18. He doesn't need dad's permission to get a tattoo. But what I'm telling you is that we've cultivated, obviously, some respect and honor and that it mattered to him what his dad thought about what he was going to do. And see, if we had came through life always being down on them, never allowing them to be who they are, never allowing them to fall, they're probably not going to want to call us and ask for advice. But you cultivate that over the growth of the time you have them in your home. Anyway, um, time is gone really quickly, but um, I just wanted to leave you with those few points. But as I said, I came to know Jesus on Mother's Day. And before I came here two months ago, I was praying and talking to God. I'm like, God, what, what do you want me to give them? What do you have for them? And he, said, he spoke to my heart and he said, you know what, Shanda? You make sure you offer them me. Yeah. Offer them the gift that I gave you on Mother's Day. And this morning, I want to offer you that. I'm not selling you Jesus, a, you know, Mr. Fix it, that he's going to fix everything in your life because he's too precious to, to sell. He's such a precious gift. But I'm offering you the gift of salvation. If you don't have that this morning, then you need him because this life is, ne is not getting any better this world is not getting any better, and we need him. If there's ever a time we need divine intervention in our families, it's right now. And you need him. You do. And, you know, maybe you don't know what that looks like for you, but it's as simple as the mention of his name. All you need to do is, say, you know, is cry out to him. That's what I did. I just said, Jesus, I don't have this. Can you, just, can you just come into my heart and save me? Can you just rescue me and show me what to do? And that's how it was. He was the most patient teacher. He taught me how to do this journey. He's still teaching me. But he was with me every moment. And you know what? If that's you today and you need him, I would suggest that you take a moment on this Mother's Day to ask him to come into your life. And you know what? If you do that today, if you do do that today, you make sure you find someone in this church to talk about and get yourself planted in a Bible-believing church. And this one is a great one. But there's other churches, but I'm just saying to you, find yourself somewhere to get plugged in to grow your walk with Jesus Christ. Because some of you haven't laughed for a long time either. And some of you, your joy is gone, and you need it. And he's, I want to give you hope this morning, that he wants to breathe joy back in your life. He wants to give you a reason to get up tomorrow morning, something new, that the sun is brighter, everything, the blue sky is bluer, everything looks better when Jesus is walking this walk with you. Thank you very much. Just going to pass this back to Pastor Lance.
We hope you've been blessed by this teaching from Coley Community Church. Thank you for your continued support of this ministry. Coley Community Church, a place where families come together.